Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jameel Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. Network is proud to present Beer Radio that turns ordinary homebrew into award-winning beer. The Jameel Show. And now, your hosts, Jameel Zanashef and John Fleece. Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Hey, howdy, hey. <laughs> Come on, Mike. Say it. <laughs> you're you're hey, going to change that intro now. I'm into the hey, howdy, hey thing. You're in the... We're going to have to come up with something hey, different. Man. Come up with something different. Come on. Hey, hey, still called the Jameel Show. Tasty's already making cha- executive changes. changes. Yeah, the yeah, juicy yeah. show. Yeah. The juicy show. I'll tell you. Juicy, yeah, that's you right. Know, when, when you got your own show, that, that's when you can start making the changes. Otherwise, uh, no, we're, we're, you know, uh, the response to uh, canceling the, the Jameel show and, uh, you know, finishing up all the styles, and, and really, that's when we're going to end it. You know, John and I had this thing from the beginning. We're like, look, we go through all the styles, we ran out of styles, we're done. We're out of here. We're outie. But uh, yeah, there's been a request, and and to, to tell you the truth, we have a hell of a lot of fun doing the show. So uh, we're 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 adding on uh, Tasty McDole. He's going to be uh, co-host, Tasty, Tasty, and we Tasty. are going to or Juicy McDole, whichever you want to call him. And we are going to <laughs> be doing a new show called Can You Brew It? The Jamil Show, Can You Brew It? And this is where you send in your Clone requests. Hey, I want you to be to brew, uh, you know, a Lagunitas IPA. Hey, I want you to brew a Dogfish ninety. Hey, I want you to brew, you know, whatever. Can you brew it? And we'll take the challenge on. We'll do the research. We'll contact the brewery, or we'll, you know, through various subterfuge, we will find yeah. out a recipe that will uh, clone that beer. We'll brew it. We'll actually brew it. We'll taste it. We'll make sure that that is a, a quality clone. If it's not, we'll tell you if we blew it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll, right. we'll tell you the truth. Yeah, we'll, we'll tell admit you, it. We'll tell you what we do, we do different. And uh, hey, if we blow it bad, uh, maybe we'll revisit. Uh, we'll have an annual uh, show where we go through do overs. Yeah, we'll go. Okay, here, here's where we blew it, and now we're now we're yeah. dialed in. But we'll get these things dialed in. We'll we'll help you clone the beers that you really love. Well, I imagine a lot of the listeners have some uh, pretty good uh, clone recipes of their own that. Uh, Oh, absolutely. You know, would get us right to where we want to be on some of these beers. So uh, I'm sure they'll let us know about those. I'm sure you'll definitely learn a lot from other brewers out there. Yeah, definitely. That, that have access to those other breweries and stuff as well. So. Yeah, and I think, uh, well, you know, I don't know. I know Jamil's got a few that he's nailed, and I might have a couple, too. That <laughs> I've got a few you that have I a nailed. couple, that's it, Victor? I'm not going to get it. Let's not get it. I've got a few that are nailed. Yeah. Are we, are we <laughs> talking uh, women or are we talking beer? We're probably both. Beer recipes. Go hand in hand on Clone them. recipes. <laughs> <laughs> this is Can You Brew It, not Can You... F- 
Uh, can you screw it? Yeah. <laughs> you can screw it up. Oh, but. That's another good spinoff, though. Uh, yeah. Can you screw it? Oh, we got another show. Yeah. That's another network. Love Strong, followed by Can You Screw It? We have a lot of reality radio coming out of the BN in the coming uh, years. Yeah, yeah, we'd be good for it. I just need to get fired, and then I'm here like 24-7 in yeah. the studio, uh, yeah. yakking nonstop. Yeah. I'm sure BN stock will drop precipitously. All yak all the time. At that point, all yak all the time, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, and not all yak all the time is our fine sponsor, Northern Brewer. Absolutely. Northernbrewer.com. They have uh, sponsored this show uh, most of the three years we've been around and uh, really kept us going and uh, made all this possible. So, uh, you know, show your appreciation by letting them know uh, you heard about them from us and you are buying at northernbrewer.com. Uh, in support of the Jamil Show and the future uh, Jamil Show, can you brew it? And today we are talking about uh, Australian pale ale or Australian sparkling, sparkling ale. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John Palmer and I we went to uh, Australia just recently. Had a good time, as he told ha- us. Had a fantastic time. Yeah. And uh, you know, one of the things I found most fascinating was I got to try Australian sparkling ale there in Australia. And it was so much better than than I've had here. Well, it's made there. It's fresher, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's made, yeah, a l- little fresher, homegrown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, the bottles I got in Bevmo here locally just uh, didn't quite uh, match up to what I got there in Australia. Okay. And you know, while I was there. I actually uh, made a couple of uh, good buddies there. Oh, I, yeah. I, I met uh, uh, two of my favorite people, uh, one Peter Simons and uh, uh, his buddy Barry. Mm. We uh, we palled around and, and had a great time. And so I've asked uh, Peter to uh, join us here to talk Australian paleo. Peter, how are you doing? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. Oh, fantastic. It's good to hear your voice again. I'll tell you one thing, you know, uh, uh, I, I had a great time. Everybody in Australia, you know, the people there are fantastic. The beers there are fantastic. The weather's fantastic. The beer. The, ev- everything about the place yeah. I, I, I can't go on enough about. But one of the best uh, experiences I had, uh, one evening, uh, Peter and Barry, they took us out uh uh, Palmer and myself to this Indian restaurant uh, just around the, the corner from the hotel, it turned out. And this guy, uh, you know, he has served like, uh, uh, what was it, Peter? It was Cher, it was uh, Barry Manilow, it was Elton John, it was uh, uh, yeah, you know, he, famous. Yeah, he black and white photographs around the walls. And uh, th- this guy must have been, he must have been 80, must not he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it, it 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 was the beer was was not so great because you know it was he, he wasn't focused on the beer. But the food was the best uh Indian food I've ever had in my life. It was spectacular. We didn't even really order anything. We just told him to bring us food and he took care of the rest. And you were just satisfied. Just absolutely <laughs> incredible. And then the company. I, I, think, I, I think you have to mention we were the only four people yes. in the restaurant. Yeah, we were the only four people, and it was very much like being in this guy's living room. Perfect. In his house. <laughs> yeah. And it was very all very odd. But the food was fantastic. And I'll tell you, you know, Peter, the, the company uh, really made it. It was one of the, the best uh, dining experiences of my life was sitting there with my friends, having this, uh, you know, kind of eclectic uh, environment with uh, these these fabulous food and uh 
Peter picked up the tab for all of us, and it was uh, not a cheap meal. When you just tell yeah. the owner of some restaurant that only has four people in it uh, to go to town, yeah. uh, that's what he does on the bill as well as on the food. But uh, it it was absolutely uh, one of the best experiences of my life, and I, uh, you know, I, I I'm not sure I thanked you thoroughly at the time, Peter. I think you just did. That's awesome. Well, I, I think you just did, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> no, it was cool. It was um, it was great. Um, it was great fun um, to have um, two oracles with Barry and myself uh, to uh, talk. Uh, down and dirty on the brewing thing because there's only a limited number of people in the world who will listen to you before their eyes glaze over and you and you and you guys no you're as stupid as we were (laughs) (laughs) must have been the beer (laughs) oh yeah i i just had a fabulous time we we, yeah we went to a, a couple of different breweries uh together several different breweries together and uh you know experienced the best that Melbourne had to offer and uh, it was it was quite good and uh, I, I again I appreciated the company on that I that was you know hanging with you and Barry was uh, probably one of the best uh, highlights of my Australian trip and and I'm I've got to be careful what I say because I live in Sydney and uh, the <laughs> Sydney Melbourne rivalry is well known not to mention Brisbane and the other states um I would hope uh, a future uh, ANHC would be in Sydney and then uh, perhaps we could uh, look at some different things. Well, you know, that would be a funny thing right now. We are sampling uh, a couple of beers from the Red Oak Brewery in Sydney. Ah, good. Which ones have you got? There's the Organic Pale Ale, and these were carried by hand. And then I'm about to open the Belgian Chocolate Stout. This is, ah, that this one should be a good one. Said uh, Australia's most awarded brewery, 2005-2006. Hmm. Hmm. The, the, the chocolate stout, I think you'll find, would be uh, very nice. Um, uh, I can't say I've had the pale, but the, I've had the chocolate stout. That's yummy. Well, uh, as I was mentioning to John earlier, one of the things I found most fascinating was uh, how much better Cooper's is in Australia? It, uh, you know, I'm not sure it travels that well. I think it was mm. fantastic there, and here in the states, it's it's just okay. Passes prime, huh? Yeah. Mm. Well, they do. They do say that the the whole um, uh, green green movement, you know, local local food and all the rest of it. Um, you know, you have your uh, provenance of your local area, the terroir or whatever they call it, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where the, where the um, the beer's better where it's made. It doesn't uh, always travel well. Well, that and it might also been the uh, the fantastic company. You know, it, it, yeah, everything tasted better to me there uh, with all the wonderful people that were surrounding me. So uh, I think I think that uh, might have an impact. All right. Mm-hmm. So Peter's going to, you know, talk to us today about uh, Australian Pale Ale. Uh, Peter, can you start off by kind of introducing us to the style people that may not have tasted it or, or, or have access to uh, to Cooper's or any example of uh, Australian Pale Ale or Australian Sparkling? Can you can you go through it basically for us, give us a rundown? Yeah, sure. The... Um 
I, I guess one of the better analogies um, for the US uh, audience in particular would be the style is a bit like um, Anchor Steam, which is virtually the only um, uh, remnant of a particular style at a particular time. And Cooper's uh, Pale Ale and Cooper's Sparkling Ale are both remnants from uh, the late um, 1900s, early 20th century. And uh, they've managed as a style to exist, um, mostly because Cooper's has been very niche in the way that they um, uh, have developed over the years. Um, They've typically supplied um, uh, in bottles, in bottle conditioning, uh, since they set up in 1864. And a lot of other... um, uh, breweries at the time, as we're talking sort of 1860s, 1870s, um, were competing with the imported um, English pale ales of the time. And they'd be uh, of the Burton style, not necessarily um, IPAs, but, but Burton-type pale ales. The, um, the various... Um, uh, processes used at the time in the in the UK they were brewing at that time only uh, in the winter whereas in Australia with the much higher temperatures uh, they were they were trying to replicate a beer without any temperature control the process that they adopted uh, used the methods of the time and the the methods of that time in the late 1880s was to use a dropping type system uh, with a, had a, a round um, for the primary fermentation and then they drop into a, um, into a barrel. Uh, very similar to the way that Breakspears used to do it before they got taken over and moved. And I'm not sure that they still do that same process. But they were trying to use a process... Uh, adapted for the Australian conditions uh, to match the uh, imported beers of the time. So the the number of breweries that existed uh, in that period were quite extensive, and then there were several events as regulation kicked in, and in particular in South Australia they... um, Uh, adopted the South Australia Beer Duty Act, which meant that duty had to be paid on beer before it was sold. Uh, Breweries had to be registered, and this dramatically reduced the number of brewers uh, because of having to pay so much money up front. And then the next culling of, of breweries in Australia, and therefore a reduction in the style uh, was the introduction of lager. Um, I'm not a great, as people who know me, I'm not a great fan of lager, um, but in a, in a country such as Australia, it was seen as a, um, uh, suitable for the climate to have a dry, crisp uh, beer uh, without the limitations of, um, uh, of an ale and not being able to control the temperature. But really only the big breweries could afford to invest in, um, in refrigeration. 
uh, and uh, Cooper's wasn't one of those. So Cooper's is still at this stage, and because Cooper's is the only one that's um, managed to survive all this time, there's only, it's the only one that I've managed to find uh, a document, uh, a documented record um, from their um, uh, a book that dealt with the history of Cooper's Brewery from 1862 to 1987 called Jolly Good Ale and Old, The History of Cooper's Brewery by Alison Painter. And that's been quite a good source of background as to why Cooper's have survived and um, others haven't. So what what, uh, what I find interesting is, so the the, uh, the fermentation practices were similar to, say, an anchor steam, uh, but the the grist was different because anchor steam has a lot of uh, crystal caramel type of uh, character to it but uh the australian pale and australian sparkling i don't, i didn't see a whole lot of uh, crystal malt character in it is that is that true yeah so and and there's um the the modern interpretation of the style it, from the the derivation originally they were they were using malt sugar and hops and that was about it um, and the sugar was to extend the malt because the malt quality was kind of low. They weren't quite getting enough sugars out of it, so they would add a, a, a basic sugar to extend it? Or, Yeah, in, in some cases that's mentioned. Um, in the other cases, um, because they were trying to clone, in effect, the, the imported beers, they were actually using imported um, uh, malts and imported hops, such as uh, Goldings. They were expensive. So, so, they were expensive, and the the other um, the other things that, as we move into the uh, early twentieth uh, century, the quality of the ingredients is getting better from Australia, New Zealand, and there are um, documents in there that that sort of describe the uh, the, the the recipe of the time. Could be a uh, a fairly simple grist, typically with very little crystal, um, and that really brings us up to today, where uh, over the years Coopers have refined, they've changed their uh, yeast, they've changed the grist as they've changed their brewing technology. Um, so where we are today is typically a a base malt that is usually a very pale malt. Uh, it might be a Pilsner. Uh, it may be a 50-50 pale and Pilsner. Uh, that's the one that, um, uh, that Barry's uh, investigating. Um, typically, it has some wheat malt and a touch of colour with some light crystal, perhaps to 90 EBC. Some people like the idea of having cane sugar. Some people regard it as being... A terrible thing to do but it's been a legitimate practice in brewing for a number of years um, and given that you're trying to get a very low attenuation uh, in in this style of beer the the cane sugar can help so we, we we're talking a fairly simple grist um, uh, to give you something that is uh, a very attenuated beer it's intended as really an equivalent to a lager. There are a lot of uh, other pale ales 
that are actually lagers. Um, can can the, you? Uh, Sorry. Can, can you give us a, a a quick rundown? Give us kind of a BJCP type description of uh, of the style, appearance, aroma, flavor, mouthfeel, that that sort of thing. Get kind of because a lot oh, of people yeah, yeah. may not have had an opportunity to uh, taste this. So uh, if you could do that, I think that'd be great. Okay, no worries. The um, using the AABC style guidelines for Australian pale ale. The appearance, we're looking at uh, gold to amber colour with uh, fairly high carbonation from the bottle conditioning. We're talking of an aroma where you have fruity, yeast-derived aromas and you're getting some light, sweet pale malt underneath. Very low hop aroma and no diacetyl. As far as flavour goes looking at medium to high fruitiness so you're you're probably going to get a lot of esters with the uh, high fermentation temperature and a background of um, peppery herbaceous flavor from typically a pride of ringwood uh, hop and you're in your um, in your finish you're looking at a fairly long dry finish from the attenuation with some fruity aftertaste Mouthfeel-wise, it's a light to medium-light body, and you'll get uh, a clean, you should get a clean, crisp mouthfeel, uh, which is enhanced by the spritzy carbonation. So the overall impression is a, is a lively pale ale, solid bitterness, a refreshing dry finish that's well-suited to a hot climate. And the notes here say... Bland examples lacking fruitiness should be considered out of style. So fruitiness is good. Well, and that's one thing I noticed. Uh, uh, you guys had some uh, uh, Coopers available at the conference, and I, I, I tasted that, and it was it was it was light, and it was fresh, and it was fruity, very fruity, and um, uh, wonderfully delicious. I, I really enjoyed it. I could have I could have consumed many many pints of that I, I i was i was very impressed and and like i said the bottles exam bottled examples i've had before uh really didn't excite me and and that really did i was i was impressed uh once i had that uh on hand all right we're going to take a short break and when we come back peter uh we want you to start getting into the recipe for how how we brew a great example of australian pale ale back after this Okay, so my double IPA has an ABV of 7.5 and a clarity of brilliant. So that's a plus 8. I pour it. Sorry. Looks like she found it unpalatable. Ha! Shut up, Doug. My creek gets a plus 10 versus girls because it's a fruit beer. You can't open the bottle and she walks over to the guy with the Pinot Grigio. This sucks. Ugh, I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster. What's this? Non-alcoholics anonymous? Dude, get out of here. We're in the middle of a brew session. Is that an actual beer? Yeah. I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Have you ever been called upon to explain why it's named India Pale Ale? Do you burp Y Yeast 3522 and crap Cascade? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs. Ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the tongue splitter. I've got dry hops stuck in my braces. And the burp. And barrel porter. Now on tap in the Mose Eisley Cantina. Make 10th level at northernbrewer.com. 
Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the, the next kids. meeting. Kids, come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. You're listening to the Brewing Network. We're back. We're talking Australian Pale Ale with my good friend Peter Simons out in uh, Sydney, Australia. You, are you in Sydney proper or are you uh, on the outskirts? Um, I'm about uh, half an hour from the CBD, so I'm, I'm in the middle of Sydney compared to a lot of people. See, and, and that's the other thing is, you know, I figured that out. They're talking city business center or something like that, right? Or city business district. Central business district. Central business CBD. to CBD. CBD. Everyone's CBD. talking the CBD. I'm wondering what the, what what's the CBD? And then they're talking the the center of the city in the business district. I figured Ooh. that out on my own. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so I didn't have you didn't, too. You, did, you didn't have to Google. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't have too much to drink while I was in Australia. Apparently. Uh, you still remembered the actual experience. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I kept seeing CBD, CBD. I'm like, well, what could that be? And then I finally kind of figured it out. Mm. All right, so we're talking Australian pale ale, and, and Peter, can you uh, give us a, a recipe that, that's going to help uh, the listeners make a uh, award-winning version of uh, Australian pale ale? Well, yes. There you go. Um, All right, then we're done. No. Right. Is that okay now? Uh, yeah. Good show. The, yeah. we, we have, um, bearing in mind that, that there's an Australian pale ale that's of lower gravity and is the effectively the Cooper's um, pale ale, and then there's the Australian sparkling, sparkling ale. So I, we'll go with the Cooper's sparkling ale, and the, I'll, I'll give a recipe, and um, the, the credit for the recipe goes to uh, Tim, from uh, the AHB, the Aussie Home Brewer Board. Uh, I posted on there looking for uh, a version of uh, a sparkling ale, and I'll give you uh, this version. And he also credits Tony Wheeler, and Tony Wheeler was the person that, that gave the talk at the, um, uh, at the ANHC about pale ale. So this is a version. Uh, there are a range of... Um, grist that you could use, but let's go with this one. 97% Pilsner. 3% a light crystal, somewhere between 60 to 90 EBC. Looking at 40 to 45 IBUs using uh, Pride of Ringwood. Uh, depending on your um, t- 
type of water. Most waters in Australia are fairly soft, and typically you need to add in calcium sulfate. Um, so you'll, you'll need to sort out your residual alkalinities and, and work out uh, exactly what that means in your part of the swamp. Um, you want me to go into the, the mashing regime? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, because you want the attenuation, uh, you probably need to be around 62, 63 degrees C. Uh, and I think for everybody else, that's about 144F-ish. Uh, and a 90-minute mash. Uh, and followed by a 90-minute boil. Um, even though Cooper's tends to can be served cloudy from the residual yeast and the, the bottle conditioning yeast, the style guidelines are looking for it to be served clear. So I would tend to put in a, um, a Whirlflock tablet into a typical um, five-gallon, 19-litre batch. Um, in terms of yeast, the, uh, the possibilities you have, the, the stuff you've got from BevMo there, you could probably culture up the yeast in there, and that's, that's probably, if you're trying to get as close as possible clone to Cooper's, you'd use the Cooper's yeast. Now, um, now is this the, the, the same yeast that they put in the dry yeast packets with the uh, Cooper's uh, extract kits? Uh, no. Uh, that's a dry yeast. Uh, the the yeast, again from the AHB sources, the uh, somebody has checked with Coopers themselves. The the yeast that they use for the bottle conditioning is the same yeast that they use for primary fermentation. So you're um, we, we're talking about the yeast effectively in the bottles mm-hmm. and, and, and culture that up to to a. Sure. Uh, a one and a half to two liter starter, and the and the dry yeast is a different yeast then. Yes, the dry yeast is different, and I'm not, I, I'm not really sure whether this beer, given the attenuation that you want, that a dry yeast would cut it. Uh, possibly Nottingham, but you want something that's going to attenuate right down to double o four to double o six. So you know you. You really. This is a style that, that that you should use liquid yeast. I think. So so a very low finishing gravity, one plato to one and a half plato, mm. and dry, mm. uh, spritzy, sparkling, uh, uh, fruity. What about fermentation temperatures? Ah yes, now that's interesting. Uh, just while I'm on yeast, um, uh, White Labs have got a platinum strain out at the moment. WLP zero zero nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the Australian ale yeast, and I ah. presume it's not unadjacent to Cooper's, so that might be interesting to try. There you go. Uh, in um, the, the fermentation, you you want the fruitiness, so I would. It depends on how much fruitiness you like. If if you want it very fruity, you're probably in the twenty one to twenty three C. And if you want it less fruity, you're probably in the 18 to 20 C range. Um, so, in the 70 we, got, to 75 Fahrenheit type of uh, range, we're talking. If that's what it is, yes. 
That's what the chart on the wall tells me. Yes. Oh, right. good. Oh, you've got you've got uh, you've got a reference. Unfortunately, I have to turn around to see it, which doesn't help a whole lot. But uh, with mm. the microphones, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So somewhere around seventy-ish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you do get a lot of banana. Mm-hmm. And. And if you're not very keen on that banana-y type ester, then you probably want to want to uh, ferment a bit low. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a pretty straightforward recipe, but you need to get it dry, dry in the finish. Mm-hmm. Now the the style guidelines are looking at a 40 to 45 IBU. Um, uh, range of just a single bittering addition so there's no late hops although some people might choose to it, it's not really a hoppy beer like a um, uh, an American pale uh, it's, it is uh, a fruity beer driven by the yeast uh, what have we got to now yes, so that's um Now, the, the IBUs are quite high, but we've got a very low finishing gravity. So the, the bitterness is balanced against the grist. So you don't really want to get a, um, a lot of um, malt sweetness in this beer. This is, a, um, this is a drinking beer. This isn't a, um, a sipping beer, if you know what I mean. Hey, that's what we like is drinking beer. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, question for you. They mentioned in the style a lot of um, uh, a fruit character going on. Can you overdo it in the style where you have too much esters? Because is that a drinkability that you're going for in the style? I mean, there's a balance of maltiness, but there's obviously an apparent ester f- pro- flavor profile going on. I'm wondering if you, can you overdo it? Oh, I, I, I think you could overdo the banana um yeah, if if you cranked it up, I think not that I've ever tried beyond sort of twenty three ish. Uh, I I think that would take you into the extreme beer area, and and who knows what you'd get out of that. Okay, uh, you, you might be into you're sort of in Belgian territory there, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I, I think the whole banana ester uh, has to do with uh, growth and uh, lack of growth and oxygen and a lot of a lot of different parameters like that so i would i would suggest uh our listeners play around with those parameters until they get kind of the right to balance you know what i got out of uh out of the beers that i had there was kind of like a you know a pineapple pear uh you know a real nice uh you know it was it was fruity but not uh, offensively so. It was fruity in a light, kind of crisp, kind of uh, you know, very refreshing way. Right. Not not sweet. Um, Did you it, know, fruity as a as a character, almost like a, uh, almost like a late hop character. It was very uh, it was very nice. Okay, you know, not 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 deep in the flavor, but in the in the aromatics and. You know, kind of danced across your palate. I I was very impressed. I, you know, I, I wasn't a fan before, and when I was there, I'm like, and you know, yeah, one fresh, sip, yeah. and I'm like, wow, this is really good. Yeah, I was very impressed. Interesting. It, it's it's a it's a classic. Um, in days gone by, 
you'd go in the pub and you'd look what was there and you'd see tap upon tap of mega swill and then you'd look around some more and then you'd find the coopers in the fridge um and that would be your um your beer of choice when you didn't have any other choice basically the funny thing yeah i i think nowadays is uh you know if you're looking for a beer vacation a lot of people might think uh belgium or uh you know germany or england or uh, even the us for for people outside the us but i think australia uh at least you know what i saw in melbourne and what i understand of sydney and uh uh, all the, uh, those areas, uh, I, I think you could have a, a fine beer vacation there. The the, the brewers there are, are turning out some great beers and and brewing uh, not just uh, sparkling ale, but you know uh, styles from around the world. You know, very very much uh, open minded like uh, the U.S. brewers are. You know, as to style, you know taking on mm. anything and, and making something new of it and uh, you know open to any challenge not rooted in uh, tradition and not changing anything uh, you know forging new new territory and I, I, I think this particular style it, it, the the way the style guidelines are written it's written around Coopers um, and so it's a very specific um, style in that respect I think there's a lot of potential to interpret this style. Uh, and use some of the um, the newer ingredients that are about. There was a uh, Willie Simpson who writes in the Sydney Morning Herald um, had an article about Stone and Wood, which is uh, a small microbrewery up in Byron Bay, and and they've developed a a pale ale uh, using um, what do they say here? Malted barley, malted and unmalted wheat. Um, used uh, Australian Galaxy Hop, which is a relatively new high alpha hop. So that would be a, a similar grist to uh, this, this style, but using a non-traditional, non-Pride of Ringwood um, hop. Uh, so I think there's a lot of potential in this style for interpretation and, um, and development, like, like has happened in, in the US with... Um, uh, IPA, double IPAs, etc. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and and you and Barry and I, we were at the, the James Squire uh, Brewery there at the uh, uh, at the waterfront, and uh, we tried uh, their pale. And uh, both of you said, "Hey, this is kind of like a uh, uh, you know an ode to uh, Australian pale ale." And and I thought you know there were some similarities uh, to to a, a Belgian wit beer. As a matter of fact, so uh, you know, I think um, you know my interpretation, of course, based on what I known, and and you guys were obviously uh, correct in in picking out uh, you know the similarities to the style and kind of the range of the style. Like you're saying, it isn't uh, just this one beer. It's uh, you know there's some open to interpretation there. Mm. Well, the, the the things we've not really touched on are, are really the, the presentation in the glass. Um, we you, you would expect um, about three volumes of CO2 because it is very spritzy. Um, some people like, uh, with a bottle-conditioned beer, to actually swirl the yeast. And, in fact, it's... Um, um, some uh, people in bars will take the Cooper's pail, which is the green bottle, out of the fridge, roll it along the bar to um, 
swirl up the yeast and then pour it. So you get it mid-hef in effect. Uh, so some people like doing it that way and some people will pour it carefully for a very clear um, clear pour. And you've got, you've got a pretty pale gold. I'd say if you were trying to make this spot on, you're only using the little bit of crystal that you're putting in just to get that color mm-hmm. tweaked, mm-hmm. you know. You, you, so uh, the Coopers that, that I'm drinking now, um, I poured it carefully, but it's still a bit hazy. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it is difficult to get a crystal clear um, Australian pale ale. They, they, they are typically... Um, the character of them is to have the the yeast in them, I reckon. Well, and I think the uh, kegged version that I had there at the conference was also uh, uh, had a, a, a bit of cloudiness to it as well. All right, we're going to take a, a short break, and when we come back, uh, we'll take questions from the chat room for Peter, and uh, we'll be back right after this. Okay, I rolled a 15, and I get a plus two from my yeast starter. Nope, sorry, you failed your roll. Your beer is infected. No way. You had to be to 24. It's schizosaccharomyces. This sucks. I just failed versus oxidation. Our party is fracked. Doug's the only one left, and his beer is a Berliner Weiss. What's this? A tea party? Hey, this is a brew session, man. Get lost. Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Does your significant other know the difference between an Irish red ale and a Flanders red ale? Do you burp, strizzle, spalt, and fart Why yeast 2308? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs, ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the socially awkward Patters beer and the sci-fi convention showstopper number eight make 10th level at northernbrewer.com what have you gotten out of a vial of white labs yeast wlp 001 cal ale baby 23 burton ale 008 east coast ale cal common wlp 810 it's gonna be wlp 400 with beer i got a sweet hoodie for my vial huh White Labs, your source for great brewer's yeast, would like to invite all homebrewers to join the White Labs Customer Club. Redeem your empty vials for great White Labs merchandise and products. Free yeast, glassware, t-shirts, baseball caps, sweatshirts, polo shirts, and you won't believe what you'll get for 5,000 vials. Members also receive a newsletter packed with White Labs updates and facts, interviews with professional brewers, brew-your-own-clone recipes, beercook.com recipes, and customer club stories. The White Labs Customer Club. Save your vials and get in the club. White Labs, it's all in the vial. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their Williams German Pills is mashed with pure German Moravian two-row barley malt for a light blonde color and malty crispness you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out their unique fermenters, draft 
beer equipment, bottling aids, and more. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection and enter promo code BREW at the order checkout for $5 off your next order over $50. Orders placed by 3 p.m. ship the same day. Again, go to williamsbrewing.com and enter promo code BREW at checkout for $5 off your next order. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Live. Beer Radio. The Brewing Network. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's yeah. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Put some sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. We're back. I'm actually pretty excited about the show because we're talking with uh, two of my really good friends, uh, John Plisse in studio here and Peter Simons in Sydney, Australia. It's international. Yeah, well, we appeal to the international audience yeah. when when we get well, drunk. All, we, all, we, all, the, all, the, all the colonials together, right? Yeah. <laughs> all, all, with microphones. <laughs> well, and, and the thing that's missing from this whole thing is how much of a ball buster Peter is. When, when you know, you, you get you, get him going. Go out, oh, no. He, get him drinking. He's not going to let you, you know, and, and most of the Australians will not just let you go lightly. You know, if you're, if you're, if they're not, uh, you know, uh, ribbing you a little bit, giving you a little, uh, little, little bit of kid, kidding around. Uh, then uh, you're they, at home. Alone. They clearly don't like you. <laughs> yeah, I called Peter on Skype uh, just before to check in with him, make sure we had good audio. And I say, "Hey, Peter, it's Justin for the Brewing Network." He's like, um, "Yeah, I know. I could tell by how it said the Brewing Network on your Skype call." <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely a ball buster. That's awesome. <laughs> it's an Australian thing. It's yeah. a very friendly thing. If they're not doing that, then they they, they well, want nothing to do with you. I think it's. Uh, oh, we, we, so we're of the very can, much. we're of the can-do school of um, getting things happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, in other words, Justin, you're pretty much left out in the cold. Don't don't bother traveling to Australia. They'll they'll. Pick you out for the uh, yeah the ween that you are. How is that any different than living here, Jay Z? For <laughs> yeah, me, it's a good point. <laughs> Nothing. Pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I think you'd fit right in. We'd, we'd start taking the uh, proverbial straight away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure of it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what do we have for the chat room? Well, someone wants to know my opinion on mixing Red Bull, Red Bull, and Jaeger. Uh, no. Okay. I, not I have to say the chat is um, is less than enthusiastic on the topic. Ah, you've been watching. They're, they're oh yeah, I've got it open. Yeah, they're they're less than they're less than intelligent on the topic. I well, it's uh, it's not a common style for us, obviously. So I think some people mm. are just learning about it for the first time. Right. I, I think this is a big education for people, and I'm Absolutely. I'm telling you right now, if you've not had it, and you've not had. <laughs> If you've not had it in the can, no. If you've not had it fresh, That's my line. Uh, it it is uh, it's a fantastic beer style. I am a convert, and it took me flying fifteen freaking hours or or so uh, to find out. And I'm I'm telling you, it's uh, if I could brew this beer, I I would. I think it's it's excellent, especially uh, you know when in summertime when it gets hot, yeah, uh, and humid. It's a it's a great beer to uh, brew for the summertime. I did have a couple um, questions come through though. 
So make sure we get those covered with you. Okay. Someone said because it's a high CO2 beer, um, will that affect the oppression of esters and maltiness, uh, having that high amount of carbonation in there? Mm. I, I guess not. It's, it's typically so served, if you go to a pub, it's served pretty cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't really start getting that ester profile until it's warmed up a bit. So if, if you get it at four degrees in the pub, by the time it's warmed up a bit, it's probably getting towards six to eight, where you're just starting to get those those flavours. So I I don't really think so. It's um, it just it just sort of goes together well that that spritziness. Okay. All right, and another good question that came through was, uh, given the malt shortage that we're experiencing, are there any substitutes for the Pride of Ringwood malt that we could use? That would be hops, hops yes. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, hops, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's why Justin the, works the board. And yeah. Doesn't yeah, break. yeah. Okay. The, the, the ones that, that I've, uh, I would suggest are either Galena or Cluster. Mm. Um, they, they, they seem to be... Um, uh, the ones that that are closest to a Pride of Ringwood, and Pride of Ringwood is a is a fairly um, unique sort of hop. It's the mm-hmm. it's the beer used for all. Uh, it was the primary um, uh, hop used for the for the big breweries. So you, you tend to get that tang from it, but the big breweries have all moved on to ISO hops and things now. So your Pride of Ringwood would go classically with this style. But I don't think you want a real citrusy one because the, this isn't a um, this isn't an American pale ale. It's Australian. Australian's supposed to be fruity. <laughs> are you saying Australians are fruity? No, uh, absolutely. And, and 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 the interesting thing that you mentioned, cluster, cluster is a traditional U.S. hop that was used, uh, you know, way back when, and and was probably used in uh, Anchor Steam, uh, you know, for for at least some period of time. It was it was a locally grown hop, uh, New York and West Coast, and and actually shipped elsewhere in the world. So uh, it's interesting. That's a kind of a traditional hop from about the same time period and uh the interesting thing is i, I think you can get uh, cluster uh, yeah. even with the hop shortage Absolutely. in the u.s you can get cluster uh, fairly easy yeah mm-hmm. I, I think most of the other ingredients uh, you should be able to get pills all right you're, you're probably not going to get the uh the australian I, I did have half a mind to specify um uh the, as all australian malts but just to get get my own back on every time that you've uh, presented this show in the past you've <laughs> used victory and other esoteric things that we've got no chance of getting um but no the the grist is very straightforward some wheat malt if you like a um, little touch of crystal you, you can you can put sugar in if you like it's not really a big deal i i didn't i only gave the percentages i didn't put in the um the original gravity because you're you're getting down to such low attenuation, you could be one hundred five zero for sparkling, one hundred forty eight, something like that, and you'll you'll get a about a five point eight to a six percent alcohol. It's a deceptive beer as a sparkling ale. It's a falling over beer if you're not careful. I know you, you guys like having stronger beers, but if you're whacking down a few cold ones at the end of the day. You do need to take some care. Oh, catch up, huh? 
It's not all I'm whacking at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. I Any, don't know what you mean. Or the beginning of the day, or the middle of the day. <laughs> or during the show. <laughs> yeah, we're wondering where he's went. <laughs> That's all the questions I have from the chat. All right. Well, thank you, Peter, very much yes, for... Thanks, uh, for uh, participating in the show and teaching us about Australian Pale Ale. Uh, you are going to be out in uh, Oakland, California for the National Homebrew Conference in June 2009. You're going to be presenting on uh, uh, making the most of uh, brewery tours, how to, you know, practical advice on touring breweries of the world, not just. Uh, uh, you know, uh, some people do like Belgium. Peter's been everywhere, and he is going to talk about the tricks that get you into the brewery, that get you the free samples, that get you, uh, you know, the behind-the-scenes tours, all the practical advice That's awesome. for making the most of uh, of, uh, of your your uh, beer travel budget. Is that correct, Peter? If I uh, uh, well, I, I, give you I think I should use you as my marketing department. Right. Yes, there will be elements of all of that. Right. <laughs> That's a good topic. And if the, and, and if the um, uh, I, I gave it to some of the guys um, from my day job uh, for our pre-Christmas do at the uh, Bavarian uh, beer cafe in in the centre of town in the CBD, and um, they had a couple of tasting paddles at the same time and. Uh, half an hour chat to set us up nicely for the day or the evening. So uh, I'm hopeful uh, a similar result uh, in Oakland. Well, Peter, uh, thank you again, my brother, for being with us, and uh, I look forward to seeing you. And we yeah, need we to, to set aside some time for you and I to go and uh, let me take you out to dinner. And I don't know that we'll top the meal that we had in uh, Melbourne together, but uh, uh, at least it'll be free for you and... Uh, <laughs> We'll see where we go. I have there. I have very high expectations, Jamil. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> Strippers and blow. Well, yeah, I, I, I can I can get uh, you in and out. My, um, I can get you massage uh, with a happy ending in Oakland. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that, uh, yeah. Yeah. well, uh, no my promises. wife will be with me. Yeah. Okay, she well, can get one too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, please say he'll be know. there. He'll take care of it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get Shoe Light to, 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 to give her a last Shoe Light will take care of her. do that, too. Yeah. Oh, okay. is, is that Swedish massaging as well? Is it? Uh, <laughs> something. And anything you want, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very okay, much. Well, I've, uh, I've really enjoyed it. If, if anybody wants to um, uh, actually get the style guidelines, it's www.aabc.org.au. And you can find all the variations on the BJCP style guidelines uh, for uh, Australia. And um, look out for a future, and I'm not sure quite when this will go to air versus when BYO comes out. Look out for a future article by Tony Wheeler in BYO on Australian Pale Ale. Nice. Great. Thank you very much. Take care, my friend. Okay, bye guys. Uh, see you in June. See you in June. All right, so another great show, I think. Yeah, tons of info. Yeah, yeah. My brain we're, is just you know, we're, I, I think we ought to start over from uh, you know Russian Imperial Stout. Yeah, another three years of okay. uh, uh, revisiting all the styles. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah.
been yeah, in there. Three, three years of effort. But uh, we got another, malt liquor. Another great show. We are coming up. If you're listening live, stay tuned. We got malt liquor. We've got a special guest from Clark County, Nevada, gonna gonna uh, Skype in and uh, be with us to cover uh, malt liquor. And other than that, if you're listening uh, podcast, uh, uh, you know, uh, brew strong and uh, visit northernbrewer.com. Absolutely. Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong. 